podcast, what's good? Uh, really fun announcement before you listen to the show today. Uh, November 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern, nine for you West Coasters, uh, five, six, seven for Europe, stand up. Uh, 12 Eastern, uh, November 17th, inside of Friends Discord on the stage we have in there, the live chat stage, um, I will be having a very big surprise announcement and a fun announcement with my co-founders of Empathy Wines, Nate and John, uh, you know, who now are corporate animals and work at Constellation after we sold the company. So we're not necessarily friends anymore, but I love them. And uh, they'll be joining me and we will be having a surprise announcement. Uh, if you are not part of the VFriends Discord, A, that's a huge mistake, because it's not just talking about VFriends, it's mainly actually talking about the education of NFTs. Uh, but the URL is often in my personal Instagram uh, account and connected, but sometimes I change it. And the other thing you could do is go to at VFriends on Instagram, it's linked there. You should follow at VFriends too, a lot going on in that world. Uh, November 17th, noon Eastern, inside the Discord, on the audio stage, me and my two partners, John and Nate, talking about a super fun surprise. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Gary, thank you for joining us on the Mad Happy Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, brother. Of course. And I think I want to start with our brand as a whole tries to push this message of optimism. Yes. Right? That, that's why we started the brand, right? And, and from that led to creating conversation around mental health. But why do you feel like the perspective of optimism is so important, especially today? Um, today, yesterday, tomorrow, I think it's super important because I think most people are insecure and are fear-based. And deep down, that manifests in cynicism. And I think practical optimism, you know, because optimism gets a bad rap because people look at optimism and they think delusion, right? right? Oh, it's fairyland. I'm super grounded and practical about my but I'm optimistic. And like, people are like, I'm just keeping it real. I'm like, you're keeping it real negative. <laughs> like, it's safer to be cynical. It takes courage to be optimistic. And I think it matters because actually, when you stay in a defensive mindset for a long time, it goes from being potentially cautiously practical to actually depressed. And uh, so I'm a very big proponent of optimism. I view it like sunshine. And I think people that keep it real, aka cynical, I view that as cloudy and rainy. And I think if you look at the sunshine versus rainy statistics around happiness, it matters. For sure, yeah. And, and for us, like, it's all about perspective, right? Optimism, like you said, practicality of it is that not everything goes right all the time and that's not even the point. Correct. The point is, when it isn't going right, how are you reacting? It's right? perspective. Yeah, and, and, and I guess for us, like, what, what we've been trying to do around the mental health space is, for so long it's either been not talked about or all the way on the left, only the dark stuff's talked about. So it's not the full spectrum of things, right? So when you talk about physical health, you can talk about going to the gym or that's right. your arm. That's right. That's not happening in mental health. And I think you've been actually talking more about this recently, but how are you trying to talk about it or incorporate that in what you're doing? You know, the way I think, first of all, I think as a human and not somebody who has the diplomas on the wall that normal society allows the permission for you to go there, I'm A, doing it very cautiously. B, I'm very focused on self-esteem building and taking stigma away from losing. 
you know, to your point, I like how you frame that. Like, everyone's between suicide and delusionally happy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 the world actually lives in the middle. For sure. A, I'm, I'm, I'm really challenging myself to be a little bit more vulnerable. You know, recently in a vlog, for the first time I was like, hey, I, yesterday was just not like my, I, listen, I'm very, very, very blessed with perspective around if the people I love are healthy, it's hard for me to actually get upset. That is just the truth. That's been ingrained in me from my great-grandmother, my grandmother, old Russian, Jewish, like everything is health, everything is health. So it was propaganda, so I believe it, and like I'm there. That being said, I have down days within my framework, which are pretty up. Uh, And I spoke about it, and a lot of people, D-Rock responded really well to it, which means a lot because he's always close to me. So A, I'm trying to be a little more vulnerable of like, look, I am pretty happy, but like even within my happiness, there are days that you know are challenging. In uh, B, I'm trying to really, really, really talk about self-esteem and judgment. I, I actually weirdly believe my happiness comes from the fact that I don't judge others, which then leads to judgment thrown at me having less weight. So like I'm trying to have conversations that we don't hear a lot about. Like I don't see a lot of people talking about like, hey, you want to get happier? Stop judging other people. Because once you stop judging other people, their judgment doesn't have as much weight on you either. Changing frameworks, changing perspectives. How everything good in life has happened through sheer and utter communication at scale. That's how I'm addressing it. And that's why I love brands like what you're doing because it brings awareness. It's all about eliminating stigma. Get the stigma out. Get the stigma out. And so I talk about sucking at everything except my thing, happiness, the process. I'm talking about real That's how. Yeah, and I think a lot of it within that stigma is just people aren't used to talking about it so they don't even know where to begin. And what you said about being in the middle most of the time, I think that's very true, right? And everything's relative, right? So your middle feel and your low feels low for you, right? Correct. And, And that could feel similar to someone else's low, even though their swing might be bigger. Yes. And and so I think like that's the important part, right? And it's, and it's not that like, oh, like my sad is like more sad than Gary, right? But it's that, oh, he also has worse days than other, right? And better days than other, right? And how do it's, we... It's also, I apologize for interrupting, it's also about lacking comparison DNA. Like to me, like when you eliminate envy and think somebody has it better than you, then all of a sudden things get great. Right, like, like there's just, there's a way to play this game. I believe it and it's exciting to me, even the energy and like our interaction right now. Like I'm, I'm excited people are gonna listen to this. Like I always think every time I do this, already this is off to a really good start, is like thoughtful talk and I'm like, yeah. Like one kid in St. Louis right now, 16 year old listening to this, like literally this is it. No different than like somebody saying like the first time I heard a Jimi Hendrix thing or the first time I played Super Mario or the first time I picked up a baseball. Like this is why I do this. This is why I'm literally spending my time on this right this second. I'm so grateful, probably borderline guilty from like the mental happiness that I have that I feel compelled to communicate about this stuff. Like, you know, not worrying about, like this is probably my biggest strength. I don't even think about everybody's range of happiness and sad. It just doesn't have anything to do with me. I have, I spend all my time in the relationship of my range and reminding me that I want to be happy and I want to leave good and I believe I'm the best and I know that I don't mean anything. Like these balances of contradictions. I'm trying to get November 14th to be a national holiday because I leave such a legacy on America. At the same token, I recognize if I disappeared tomorrow, 
I get like four good hours on social with some like people remembering their favorite clips of me, I would trend and then we'd be all, I mean, we're only a couple of weeks away from Kobe and guess what? We're, we have to move on with our lives, that's humans. And so, yeah, I think it's just getting into that right mindset and I want that so bad and I want that so bad for people. It's so good when it's good. For sure, yeah, and I guess that leads to as a parent, right? Like how should parents be thinking about this framework with these with kids now and all everything that's going on with social media and they feel like their self-esteem issues and confidence issues are like at an all-time high? They should realize it's not social media. It's them. The parents should realize they're the ones. Like it's no different than drugs and alcohol. Like when you create stigma around things, it gets worse. You know, why did America have its issues with like drugs and alcohol? because we're a prude country and you look at people's relationship with alcohol in Europe and other places, those kids were fine. Here we demonized it, kids then want it. If we demonize social, which is what's happening. Social media is the new alcohol and drugs. These parents are all gonna demonize it, which is gonna make kids want to be on TikTok and Snap and then not have good relationships with it. Parents need to worry about creating actual self-esteem, which starts with eliminating entitlement. Parents' biggest problem isn't TikTok, Parents' biggest problem is they're telling Ricky that they're good at something they're not. Like, parents' biggest problem is they're overcoddling the out of their kid. Parents' biggest problem is when they don't get a good grade, they go and try to fight the teacher. Parents' biggest problem is when their kid's not starting in the lacrosse team, they're going to punch the coach in the face. Parents are coddling and it's leading to real depression and parents are more than welcome to blame Instagram but that's not gonna play out historically correct. So what do you try to do to be proactive about it? You know, have a real conversation around merit and fake environments and and really take a real look at your kid and really say, I mean, listen, having real conversations about how much stuff we want to give them right now. Like 10 and seven, young. And starting to be like, it might be time to cut it all off. You know, like <laughs> and at least definitely a lot more than it has. It's a real conversation we're having right now. Yeah. So I think it's super important to recognize Anything fake is dangerous. And I think it starts with fake environments. Like if, you're, if you have a 23 year old child and you're paying for her or his life right now, they're in big trouble. They're in big, big trouble. And don't give me this, I don't want my daughter living in a bad neighborhood. She can get four roommates in a solid neighborhood and drive an hour to work. She doesn't need unlimited Uber and a doorman building. Entitlement, entitlement is deep poison. So what can you do? Lack and you know, it was funny when I was I came up with not a lot, family not, and I started hearing things about Warren Buffett and Bill Gates not leaving their kids any money, and I judged the out of them after I just said I don't judge people, but I did. <laughs> I did as a 16 year old because I come from an immigrant family, you leave everything for your kids, you don't even do anything for anybody else, it's your family, right? And and now I get it. Yeah. Who the nobody needs 53 billion dollars, yeah. like you know, <laughs> sure. you leave somebody a million dollars, they're entitled to you know, a hundo. You know, so gotta teach kids how to eat. Zoo animals, that's what I always say. We're raising zoo animals. You go take a zebra out of the San Diego Zoo and put it in the wild, that zebra's dead. And that's what we're doing with kids in today's society and we're conveniently blaming social media. For sure, yeah. Self-esteem issues happen when, I'm 44. My whole high school had self-esteem issues. That wasn't Instagram, that was insecurity. That was parents buying somebody a new car because they would cry that their friend got a new car instead of saying shut the up and go work and buy your own car. And of course there's a balance 
but we're a rich nation. And yeah, like we already have a We are a materialistic, capitalistic, rich nation. Let there be no confusion. I mean, you might be listening somewhere else and a lot of other places besides America are that too. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. We throw Amazon gift cards at our problems. Yeah, and, but. I, I like that. that. <laughs> I was going, <laughs> that, wish that I could rap. That comparison game though, do you think that that has gotten worse? Yes. Uh, oh, social, no. No. No, I think that's gotten worse because we've become richer. Right, cool, so. No, so I don't think it's worse. Yeah. Like, do you feel bad that you sell a $138 hoodie? I surely don't feel bad about the shit I do. No. Like when a cool rapper wears it at courtside at an NBA All-Star game, like do you feel bad? Like somebody needs that, like this is about self-esteem. Like people always, by the way, everything that you kids see on Instagram feed, I saw on MTV. Right. We're acting as if we didn't see things before. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, oh, but they see so much more on Instagram. They're not seeing so much more they're, actually, I would argue they have the potential to see somebody like me now saying don't do that. That's what the internet's done. Because guess what? MTV and CBS and driving through a rich neighborhood in New Jersey showed me plenty. Like, like, like what? Like, like I grew up pre-internet and when I worked for my dad's liquor store, all those rich kids came in in Mercedes while I was lugging cases of wine to their car. I saw the Mercedes. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't even see it on a phone. I saw it. This excuse game around technology and social media is a joke. Like, well, they're seeing more of it. I would then argue that your three people that you looked up to that had dollars, like, were, this is crazy. Those magazines and TV had more power then than Instagram because you can get a crazy maniac like me coming and saying, don't buy. For sure. That definitely wasn't happening in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. This is huge blame around we're collectively rich. People in the hood, hood, hood have $800 cell phones. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and, and I guess with that, like the content you do produce, it does show that full spectrum and you are talking about the real things. I think what a lot of people look to is like an Instagram feed, right? It's everyone's like the best highlights of their life. But everybody right? knows that now. Like that cat's out of the bag, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I hear more people talking about that than succumbing to it. So everyone knows, so why haven't we changed? Because you're insecure. Because you want to be accepted. Because your foundation of parenting and environment created it. So let's get to the truth now. Now that we all know it's all why aren't we changing? It's crazy, man. I literally, I live a, you know, an interesting life, so I'm in interesting pockets. I'm like on, I'm sitting in first class, going to very rich resort, little like, you know, places, listening to parents demonizing technology while they're about to like take their kids to like eight thousand dollar caviar dinners. What are we doing? We need to have a relationship with everything that's proper and balanced, right? And so. My big thing is like stand on your own two feet and if you want to buy a $40,000 ring and you paid for it, that's good. You wanted it. Now, make sure why you want it. Do you want that because you want all those people to like you? Well, that's bad. That's, you know, we've seen a lot of people get very wealthy and successful out of anxiety of like, I'll show them and then they crash. The reason so many rich people crash is their energy was a chip on the shoulder that went the wrong way. And then there's other people that I would argue, this is how I'm built that 
have a sense of chip on the shoulder too, but their relationship with it is less of I'm gonna show those who laughed at me in high school and more I just love this game so much I can't breathe. And because they love their game and that game created financial opportunity, some people can't breathe if they don't teach and teaching doesn't offer the same amount of dollars that somebody who can't breathe needed to play basketball better than anybody in the world and makes 40 million a year. Yeah, for sure. That's life. But they both are equally happy. Let there be no confusion. The person that can't not breathe if they don't do what they want is happier than somebody else regardless of the financial outcome. There is unlimited $53,000 a year income people who are doing exactly what they were meant to do and love it that are way happier than people that are doing something that makes them, you know how many athletes hate their sport? Way more than somebody listening right now realizes. Mm-hmm. But it was their way to make 11 million. And they're actually not happy. And they're, they're, the, they're the guys and gals that do retire at 28 quietly. They just didn't even want to play another year in the league. Meanwhile, I'd rip them both my legs off to be in the league. Yeah. For one game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so that's it, that's life. And anyway, we just need better relationships. Get in your own head, get it quiet, stop worrying about people's judgment and like chip away at that over and over and over and get, get, fall in love with yourself right. on some real shit. Not the like stuff on a card like love yourself for like, no, no, really like love yourself because you realize everybody else sucks too. You know why I love myself? Because everyone else sucks too. Yeah. Stop putting people on a pedestal. For sure. But how do you get to, a, I guess, a place where you have to be aware enough to even talk about these things with yourself in the first place to realize, like, am I doing what I want to do? Well, that now you now that's why I'm happy you sell a hundred thirty-eight dollar hoodie. How you have to be conscious of it. Nobody talked about alcoholism. Everybody just drank back in the day. Hundred years there was just no there was no anything about it, yeah. right? Yeah. Like. How do, you st- how do we get everybody in America to stop smoking cigarettes because it's causing lung cancer? You tell them. Like, we, nobody worked out 40 years ago. We educate. You, you are gonna be very proud when you're 80 that this was one of the things you played on because this is gonna help a lot of people. For sure. And so like, I love capitalism and like, altruism mixed together. Yeah. That's why I've been very attracted to what you're doing. I like business, I like it, sorry. I like selling And I like things that have collateral good from it. I love G- Gary Vee. Like even though it's a funny thing to me, like I didn't grow up thinking of myself as, I thought I was gonna be a, own 500 liquor stores, you know? Yeah. But I love it because it's like brings me business opportunities but I also know it's doing collateral good. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Sure. That's why I love LeBron being a superstar. I like what he talks about. I like how he acts. He's who I want to be a superstar. Yeah, me too. Good. Um, and on the entrepreneurship thing, I think a lot of that, even though the Lakers because I'm a Knicks fan, but we don't really have a rivalry. So, go ahead. Not right now. And my LeBron rookies keep going up, so it's worth it. Yeah. Um, a lot of that has also been overhyped, right? Where everyone thinks, oh, I need to start, I need to start a company, or oh. everyone has a company. Yes. And this whole thing, and I think that's also leading to a lot of like the pressure and not seeing the other side of a lot of these founders are very depressed or are Because they're not entrepreneurs. Yeah, amounts of pressure, whatever the reason is. And I think like that's been glorified so much that there needs to be like some sort of And I think you probably, I think you probably know this, like that's why I started to unglorify it. You know, 36 months ago I'm like, wait a minute, are we now cool? Yeah, I mean that was a brain and a half. I was an entrepreneur my whole life when it didn't exist. 
Then it, it started growing, but it was all tech nerd kids. They were nerd nerd. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, this is the culture? And that's when I was like, and at first I was like, this is epic. Finally my thing. And then very quickly I'm like, uh-oh. There's a lot of people coming into this. This is hard. Yeah. This is lonely. This is some firefighter anxiety. For sure. Keep one eye open while you're sleeping. And, uh, and then I'm like, oh, a lot of these kids are students. And they do- the reason I got Fs is why they got As. They're very good of like, keep me in this box and I will do my thing. Well, this game is no box. This is air. And I was like, these kids are gonna get caught. And then I started seeing them get caught. Then I started getting the emails. And I'm like, okay, it's time. And that's why, you know, three years ago or so, I started saying, "Mm mm-mm, not for most, and and at first I think people thought, like I was saying, I'm cool and you can't do this. No, this was like, be careful. Yeah. Yeah, and it comes back to the self-awareness thing, right? If if that is who you are. That's why I loved, I mean, if I could, if, and I think we're not far from this. I'd, I'd be shocked before I die if it, there isn't clear self-awareness and self-esteem injections. They're gonna map the out of us. I'm just gonna pump, I'm, I'm gonna start a pharma company <laughs> just of self-awareness and self-esteem and pump the into people of that and I think the world will just be off the charts. Yeah. All bad behavior comes from lack of self-esteem. These are scared animals. Okay. You ever see a scared dog? That's, been, right? Yeah. Like, Dogs don't want to bite. It's when they got beat up and they're scared. And that's how humans are. Yeah. I watch humans on me all day and I feel bad for them. I'm like, ah, oh, you're in a bad spot. It's empathy and compassion and sympathy, not rebuttal anger. I have no energy to fight on Twitter. I got too much love for the person that's coming at me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and why do you think that everyone, when, when they're talking about you, like, it's all, always a work super hard and, and, and like that whole rap because it's I think so interesting. someone that listens to a lot of your content doesn't think that but I guess like headline is. I, I think my energy Yeah. and honestly I think it was the first chapter you know when Crush It came out I, I think I got branded that way to a lot of people like and by the way I meant it it was 2008, eight nine. we were in a recession and all the foofy was out the door people were scared and I was like hard work's good. Um. So I think that stuck for a little while. I, I've been wildly, cons- even in that book I talked about happiness making 40,000 a year. I think when I look now, it's people who are looking for something to get at me because they are themselves are not in the best spot and they're looking to tear down my building. Right. And again, that's why I have empathy for that. I think I'm going off to your question because I really don't have a great sense of how much you do or don't know my stuff but even the way you just asked that, I think it's silly for anybody who's listened to me in any shape or form over the last five years to have that narrative at all. Like I have have 0.0 energy to burn out. I only talk about happiness. Um, But I I do talk about like working hard when you love it. Like nobody's mad. Like nobody's mad at Kobe that he was in the gym twenty hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I think it's the way I communicate the energy, the thing I'm in. If I was an athlete, I'd be Tom Brady and Kobe. Yeah. They'd love me for it. Um, in business, I think a lot of people got caught in the last decade trying to come in, yeah. and uh, they don't realize how rare a great entrepreneur is. And uh, I'll take the brunt of that because I'm in the mix up there and I, I understand that. Yeah. But I, 
but I very much am disappointed in people's headline reading capabilities when they try to throw shade at me on that because they're making assumptions and judgment from hearsay because it's not what I've been putting down on wax. Yeah. Yeah, well, I actually think it's like the people that have listened to like the least amount of stuff think that the most, and like the makes people sense. listen to like the yeah, most. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Actually, connected to the happiness thing. And yeah, I think that's. I think that's right. Not doing things that you don't. And want listen, to do. I think back to accountability. I think I've done a better job clarifying when I realized people were picking up a narrative that I wasn't feeling connected to. Right. I, by the way, and I believe in hard work. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I think, I think I used to call it hustle because that's how I always called it. I think the culture took the word hustle in the last half decade and demonized it into burnout. So I've changed the word in my narrative because I don't want to get caught up in that. But call it what you want. It's very difficult to achieve something meaningful without putting in the reps. Yeah. Like, why are we okay with it in the gym? Why is it great? to be in the gym and put in the work, but not in real life. Yeah. It's, it's true. I think yeah. so. Um, and, and I guess at Vayner, like how, how are you thinking about this, this balance, right? Like no one is probably gonna be at the end of your spectrum of, of caring Bro, as much. Yeah. Have you seen this office? I've been here yeah. since 3.30, there's nobody here. <laughs> <laughs> like at Vayner, like I think about it very simply. Like I, I expect nobody to work as hard as me, that is not the expectation. I only see the world as me working for them. Nobody has to prove to me. Does my team work harder or later? Yeah, they're around me, it's osmosis, they're self-selected, it's their DNA too. Like, um, it becomes the thing. Um, but, I mean, walk into any Vayner Media office around the globe, you know, at like 6 p.m., it is not, I mean, my friends make fun of me in the reverse. When yeah. you know they're like, man, Vayner's, and I'm like, yeah, because listen, I don't, I, I don't want to impose my will. Vayner, the first hundred employees looked more like me, right. but the last five years, like, and by the way, I can walk into every office right now at 9:30, and I see people at their desk doing their thing. And by the way, a lot of people are grinding at home. Yeah. I, I just have no expectations for them to go hard. Like that, that is definitely not a real thing, like that's been great. That, that's been actually fun. I would actually, actually you'll appreciate this, connects two things. I've had more people email me things like, I thought you were a demigod, hustle, heart attack, mental illness, but two of my friends work at Vayner and I can't believe it. <laughs> like I have it way worse. And they're like, Vayner in a weird way to a certain subgroup of the first part of our combo, like the last yeah. part of this combo, actually made them think of me differently without ever meeting me. Yeah. If anybody meets me and listens for an hour, they'll get there, but like, that's been cool. I like that. Yeah. Because that's the truth. For sure. And uh, we're gonna wrap up in a sec. Okay. In terms Man, it's of, a good one. <laughs> in terms of like this topic. Mental, health, um, mental health at Vayner, right? How are you trying to start that conversation or what does that look like? Because I think that's coming more and more yeah. into like the we're a very socially liberal organization. We have a very aggressive HR department. We have a chief heart officer. We're all up in our feelings at Vayner. And so the answer is I'm not fully sure, meaning I'm sure in the fact that we are really up in our feelings and it's a very safe place to have that combo. I have it on one-on-ones. Claude and HR has that one-on-ones. People have it with each other. When I say I'm not sure, 
I'm not sure that we've put, because the overall ethos, our being, is very eliminating any stigma, very open. My intuition is we're in a nice spot. When I say I'm not sure, we haven't gone overboard in like, like hardcore, let's all stop today, or we haven't done tactics. And I would argue the reason I haven't is sometimes when you do that, you can actually go too far to an extreme and it becomes a kind of like very murky, almost overcorrection. sometimes. Not, you agree with that? Yeah. Not authentic. So I think we've, 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 we've found a nice balance. I mean, um, but you know, mental health is an extremely complex thing. Sure. And I think even as I'm thinking about the last two minutes of me talking, all that's running through me is you can do everything right and there's somebody in your halls right now that's really struggling. For sure. And so, you know, it's, um, honestly, it's me, it's me saying that right now and hopefully somebody in the office hearing that. And like, you know, like, it's just living. Yeah. Talking about it. But like, I think we, um, I'm very proud of who we are in our humanity. Uh, the thing I'm most proud of is my humanity. And, uh, and I think that comes through at Vayner. For sure, yeah. And I think it goes back to the spectrum thing, right? Like most people will be somewhere in the middle, right? Where it's not that they need treatment right away, but it's more on the prevention side, right? Same thing with working out. Like that started to become like mainstream after all the heart disease that was going on, right? And like working out became a thing you did to prevent that. And then I think these like more like mindfulness type things are are the way to like prevent. 100%, you've seen the whole meditation movement. I'm seeing a nice little movement now with breathing that I think really matters. you know, Tyler just reacted. Like, yeah. I, I like when I say things. And like, I'm seeing it for some people. There's clearly some. Like, I'm so I'm so intuitive and not good at crossing T's and I's. So I always have to hedge in these things. But like, on the record, intuitively, I think a mass awareness around breathing is going to help a lot of people. I, that comes not only from intuition. I know several people who've gone into deeper like understanding around breathing. Our friends of mine who couldn't sleep at all now do breathing exercises with apps or other things on like for seven to 10 minutes before they go to sleep and sleep through the night. Yeah. Like the brain and the human is wildly still misunderstood. Sure. And so I don't think we've got it all figured out. And so I'm very excited and I see a ton of progression and I'm really happy that we talk about mental, I think mental privilege is something you're gonna start seeing. Like, like I feel in my soul Forget about white privilege, male privilege. Like my mental privilege is really what I'm most embarrassed about. You know what I mean? I think you'll see that evolve into a conversation. It's not as obvious on the out. You can't you can't look at someone and be like, oh, you have mental privilege. But like that's the thing about mental health. That's right. That's right. But guess what? You can't see cancer a lot of times either. And so like this is about conversations and things of that nature. For sure. And and what would your takeaway be to a kid that is you know 20 years old right now and in trying to like navigate in this world, right? Like just practical things that they can implement right away. The first thing that excites me that's been really interesting to watch is you're actually in control. So like that's been very empowering. I think we are teaching so many people like you need to be medicated, you need to be diagnosed, you need my help, we're gonna handhold you. Like not, listen, there are some people that are born with real illnesses where medication, these are chemicals. But I, but one thing that I've been very, like one thing I definitely want to say to a lot of kids right now is like, hey, you're way more in control than you think. A, on how you see the world. B, on how much you value other people's judgments. 
see on how you want to navigate the next 85 years of your life. I don't give a in a good way. I'm even like, I'm even gonna start changing terminology. These are important moments. It doesn't, it's okay that the first 20 years didn't go the way you wanted. You have 80 more. Like, like it's just, it's optimistic. Yeah. And like, so A, if you realize the government, your parents, the way the dice rolled, don't control you, you control you. Like just even knowing that to be true. People talk about, oh, the, the awareness around mental health has helped. How about the awareness of you're actually more in control than you think? I think one of the terrible things that's happening in America politically is we're tearing apart left, right, and we keep going further and further, which leads to this really difficult place where you're choosing between being accountable, being a horrible person, or being a great person but not being accountable at all, and that's bad. Yeah. I'd like to see us get a little bit more mixed here. And so, you know, hey, like, you're in control. You're in control. And I, and I mean that. You paint your narrative, right? Yeah. You go 0 for 4 in a baseball game, you get to decide if you, like, you get to decide if you say, I suck, or, huh, there's clearly something I'm missing, let me go adjust that. Like, it's, it's so empowering to know that nobody else is in control. It makes it so happy. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, that's why I'm so worried about like the separation of what I just said because it's leading to a lot of people in their youth thinking somebody has some magical control over them. Yeah. Like to me the punchline of that is if you think America has too much control over you, good news. Don't cry. A, vote. B, move to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. But it's an interesting sentence. Yeah. Because what we're doing is we're keyboard worrying and crying at Starbucks with our $6 coffee when we could, you know how many kids are not gonna vote? You know how many kids are not gonna move to Canada that they love so much? It's kind of like, you know, however you wanna say it. You wanna say it raw, old school, like shut the up and do something about it. You wanna say it new school, which is like, hey, you're empowered. I don't give a how you wanna say it. Yeah. Life is amazing when you grab it. And I really think a lot of kids right now can grab it in a way they can't. This internet thing is crazy. Like, you should be the most optimistic generation of all time. Yeah. You have the internet. Like, when I was a kid, they cared about what college you went to. When I was a kid, at 15, I couldn't start a billion dollar business like I would have if I had the internet at 15. Or at least a million dollar eBay business. <laughs> you know, and so, so much power, so much control. More than ever before, ever before, ever before. You're a rapper, SoundCloud, YouTube, show me. Yeah. Right? Sure. You're an athlete? Put up your own film on Huddle and Instagram and get signed by Georgia. Yeah. Like you're in control. You're the next Tommy Hilfiger, make it, sell it, show me. Sure. It's an amazing time to be alive, the greatest time to be alive. That's what I see and not because it's easy for you now, Gary. That's what I always saw when it didn't look obvious for me either. Yeah, for sure. And to wrap up, like, what's something in your life that makes you mad happy right now? Several things. My my daughter is disproportionately creative and ideas oriented and I've come to learn in the last two years that I'm ideas oriented and I've come very close to that feeling with myself now so that's fun. Uh, my son can memorize literally, my son asked me what Colby White's you know, scoring average was the other day. He started <laughs> to drop like sports on me like crazy so my kids are making me mad happy. Um, and this conversation made me mad happy 
because I genuinely think one person, 100%, heard something that clicked. It's all just about looking at it. One, like, look at a picture. Everybody look at your phone right now. Now, put that phone down and get into a handstand or some weird position and look at it again. And now stand on your table and look at it again. And now go 15 steps away and look at it again. Look at your phone. Different perspectives. This is a perspective game. And I hope that's what we accomplished for one person who's not in the right perspective. Great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, bro.